Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for your word and your grace, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to come together to worship you. And Father, we pray that your message will go out and it will not return void. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So uh, <clears throat> this nice-looking, well-dressed young man was walking down the street in downtown area and was accosted by this old bum. The guy smelled bad and was homeless, obviously, and he said, Sir, can you give me $20? I really need to eat. And so the guy pulled out a $20 bill and went and handed it to him and said, Wait a minute, before I give you this $20 bill, are you going to buy any kind of hunting stuff or shells or feet, dog feed or any of that? And the guy said, No, I gave up hunting years and years ago. He went to hand it to me and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I give you this $20 bill, are you going to buy rod and reels and tackle and gas for the, your boat? And the guy said, are you crazy? I give up fishing years and years ago. He said, you know what? I'm going to do you better than that. And he put a $20 bill back in his pocket. He said, come on, you're going home with me. And he said, what are you talking about? He said, I'm, you'll get a home-cooked meal by my wife. And he said, I smell bad. I know I can't go in your house. He said, no, I want her to see somebody who's giving up on hunting and fishing. <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> Y'all will have to excuse my voice. We um, had a softball game this week, and I kind of yelled a little bit. I don't know why. Um, and, and it's the pollen or something. Something's giving me a fit. But anyway, um, this week's title, we, we, we're still in uh, relationship goals like um, last week, except for this week is on communication. <clears throat> and if you have a relationship with anybody, um, communication is key, right? Because without communication, you could just be acquaintances. You don't necessarily have a relationship. Now, there are folks that I have a relationship with, like college roommates or old friends that I haven't talked to in years and years and years, and I can call up, and it's like we haven't missed a minute, you know. After we figure out how many kids you got and how many pounds you gained and how much hair you lost, then we can go back to talking about the good old days. But our communication with God is... Very, very important to us in our daily life. And a lot of times, people think that our communication with God is to go to Him in prayer and read Him a grocery list of problems and tell Him about everything that's going wrong. Thanks, appreciate it. You need to get to work on that and go about our business. But God communicates with us as well. And that's really probably more important, right? I mean, we, we get so much more out of what God says to us than we say to God. Um, and I've heard people say, well, I don't, God, just don't talk to me like that. And I, I, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what, how God talks to us and how this communication works and how it's worked over history, right? Because there are some times that we're, um, you know, people have been talked to in some strange situations, right? I mean, I can't say the dude's name, but it's Baalim or Balaam or whatever his name is. The donkey talked to him. The burning bush talked to Moses, Right. I mean, when Jesus was baptized, it's just a loud, booming voice, right? But God talked to those people in different situations, but he talks to us too. So I want to start out with just some basic stuff. So 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. Uh, We'll say verse 14, but, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you, you wise for salvation through Christ Jesus. 
For all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, this is Paul talking to Timothy, right? So the number one, bestest, most best way God talks to us is through the Bible, right? And, and the, the Bible says that God's Word is a, alive, it's quick, right, to the dividing sunder of Soul and spirits and joint and a bone and marrow, right? It's, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And a lot of times our Bible gets stuck on the shelf with about this much of dust on top of it, right? And we, we have a hard time dusting it off. But the truth is, if you really want to know what God's will is for your life, the best way to communicate with him is by reading his word. See, you know what was tough and, and, and it... it God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't change. But his methods of how he developed the information changed over time, right? When Adam and Eve were in the garden, he walked up and talked to them, right? Before they had sinned, right? Sin can't live in the presence of God. Before Adam and Eve had sinned, he walked in the garden with them in the cool of the evening. And he talked to them. He actually physically showed up and talked to them. And then after sin entered the world, then he started talking to his people through prophets, Right? I mean, that's the whole Old Testament is prophet and prophet and prophet and prophet. Every time God needed to say something, he'd wrangle up his guy and say, come here. I need you to tell those dummies to do this, this, and this, right? That's how God spoke to those people. But the reason it was is because there was no availability of, I mean, who, who? Zondervan had not started printing Bibles when, when, you know, halfway through the Old Testament. It just didn't like the 17th edition where they started off with just a couple and then they started adding chapters back in. Not only that, I would think most of them um, couldn't read or write, right? I mean, that was probably a real pretty high trait. So God only could communicate with his people through his prophets. So his prophets would make declarations. They would come into the thing and say, now hear this. Right? It's like the message at school interrupts everything. Stop, be still, listen. And he would tell whatever God wanted to tell him. We need to do this or we need to do that. Or you need to be prepared for this. You need to be prepared for that. And throughout the first you know, uh, majority of this book, the, God spoke to his people by prophets. And then he got to Malachi. And in Malachi, he says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change, right? And he also talks about tithing. And then it stops. And it stopped. And then nobody heard anything from God. It stopped. And then the next thing we know, this prophet shows up named John the Baptist. And he looks weird. And he's dressed in funny clothes. And he eats funny things. He lives in the desert. He's an eye catcher, right? I mean, you didn't walk up and think, mm, that guy's normal. I mean, everybody kind of thought John was a little bit over there. But what he did is he started laying the foundation that Jesus was getting ready to show up, right? And so, really, John is the last true prophet of God that was before the Messiah showed up. Because John announced the coming of the Christ, right? So that was the last time God was going to speak to man through prophets, only prophets. And then when Jesus showed up, right, Jesus said, my word is life. In John 6, 6, 3, he says, my word is life. That is God breathed. It's life. It's rhema, 
That's what, that was the word. It was, it's my word. It's rhema. It is the, the creative force of the creator of the universe. What I say is what God says. And so for the first time in history, God started speaking in flesh again. Because I can't believe for a second that God, when he walked into the Garden of Eden, he was not man. He was God. But for the first time, God became man and dwelt among us. In the, when Jesus was baptized, the booming voice from heaven, right? Jesus was announced. And then God started speaking to those people through the Messiah. And he went about doing good and healing the sick and preaching the gospel and telling people what we should be doing. He was very similar to the prophets, although the prophets only had a snapshot and then another snapshot. They had God said this, and then they waited and waited and prayed and waited, and then God said this. Jesus walked around the man, God, and said, listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, listen to what I say. And he taught them daily, constantly. He reminded them of what God's word said and what God said about this and what God thought about this. And, and for the first time ever, we had Q&A. Because if you go back to the prophets, I mean, when they stood up and prophesied over the group, they didn't go, um, Fox News, yes, sir, um, what does God say about, I mean, they didn't have any of that. But when Jesus was here, the disciples would ask questions like, what does this mean? What are you talking about? What does God want us to do about this? What do you say about that? And even the Sadducees and Pharisees, right, they started to develop traps to try to catch Jesus into saying something that they thought was contradictory of what the Old Testament said. They were trying to use God's word to judge God's son. But he spoke to them through the living, breathing person that is Jesus. Of course, every time he answered properly, right? Because he's God. He had all of that stuff going on. So if you turn to John again. Oh, I just quoted the first one. So John, we hadn't turned to John yet. Now we go turn to John. John, the gospel according to John, chapter 14 um, verse 25, and, and Jesus had been teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. And I mean, 14, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled, right? That's all. He, he's got all this stuff he needs you to know. Verse 25, he says, and all this I have spoken while still with you, right? I, I, I physically showed up and told you, but there's fixing to be a time when I'm not going to be with you. And he left that part out, but that's what he's trying to tell them. But the advocate the Holy Spirit, on whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you everything that I have said to you. And in 1427, it gives us our peace, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, but I give you my peace. But he's promising, before he promised us peace, he promised us an advocate. He promised somebody that would come and minister to us and speak to us and talk to us and remind us. Now, before Jesus died on the cross, the Holy Spirit didn't show up. He was just talking about a promise that was to come, right? God himself before sin, prophets, right? Up until John, in my opinion, up until John's the last prophet. And then Jesus himself, and then he talks about the promise that is to come. 
So when you have God in the flesh and he's speaking to you, of course, he drew a crowd, right? Everybody wanted to hear what God had to say. And then when he died and went to heaven or went to hell and then went to heaven and redeemed us in Acts in the upper room. The Holy Spirit fell on the congregation, right? And they got baptized in the Holy Spirit and they started speaking in tongues and and they had all this awesome stuff and power and wonderful. But the part of the Holy Spirit is, is that it, it comes on the inside of us and it ministers to us. Now that ministering to us Y'all ever seen a little kid in the grocery store about this big? You ever counted how many times they could say the word mama in a minute? Mama, 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 mama. The Holy Spirit is not like that. He does not go, hey, hey, dummy, hey, 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 I'm talking to you. Hey, listen, it's not. It's a small, still voice. And just like in the grocery store and you're pushing the cart and you can't hear the word mama 97 times, a lot of us get so busy in our daily life that we don't hear the part of what we're talking about. We don't hear the Holy Spirit ministering to us. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the best time the Holy Spirit ministers to me is when everything around me is quiet. Now, I know if you have small children, you only dream of those opportunities of having quiet time. It will come back, I promise. I don't know when. My baby's 13. I think it's coming. I'm not sure. But you can leave them for a minute and get outside for just a second. But if, but if you get still and quiet, and, I, and, and, and most of the time I, I, I'm praying, and then I get still and quiet. The Holy Spirit ministers to me and tells me stuff. And, and I know y'all going to think this is strange, right? This is strange. But I have had times where I have showed up to the hunting club and the Holy Spirit is saying, all right, you'll kill a deer today. And you go, right. Okay, I understand. It's kind of crazy. And I know that that has nothing to do with God. But I have, I have walked up and said, he's going to come from over there. And I'm going to kill him right there. And it, it is unbelievable. It's un- and that's not a good example. Y'all don't care if I kill deer or not. I understand. I told y'all a couple weeks ago. When Sally's young man was in the hospital, I woke up on Monday morning. I had work to do. I had kids to tend to because I'm Mr. Mom, right? Crystal's job is they sell drugs when the door opens till the door closes. And she has to be there to sell drugs the whole time that they're there to sell drugs. I don't have that kind of schedule, right? I can come and go and I can call on the phone and tell them to do whatever. And so a lot of times I spend my time making sure that we have our clothes and shoes and stuff for school and book bags and lunches and all of the things that they need because somehow we are brilliant, but we forget those things at the house. However, that Monday morning, I got up first thing and I'm like, I had no inner, nothing and said, I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to the hospital. So, I mean, I didn't even put on work clothes. I didn't put out workout clothes. I took a shower. I Run a little shaver over my face. I got in the truck and Philip said, what are you doing? I'm going to the hospital. Well, why? I don't know. God told me to. I'm going to the hospital. That's what I'm supposed to do today. I have no other. They didn't call. They don't even know my name. They, they couldn't call me if they wanted to. I guess they could Facebook message me through the church. Yeah, no, they didn't do that either. They didn't know he had had a bad day. God did. And I showed up. Why? Because the Holy Spirit told me on the inside, that you need to get on down the road. And do what I sent you to do. 
And so I did. I, I mean, I didn't do anything amazing. I just went in and sat down and ministered to him and prayed for him and read in God's word. That's it. I didn't do anything special. Nothing. I showed up and did my job. That's it. But the Holy Spirit told me that nurse didn't tell me, the daughter didn't tell me, the family didn't tell me. He couldn't speak. He couldn't tell me. By the way, he's transferred now to a rehab facility up the road in Atlanta, right? And something like that. To teach him how to walk and all that. He, he's alive and awake and, and doing well and talking and, and developing. And, and I'm going to tell you, when you go like in a coma for like three, four, five months, and they start talking about end-of-life care and <clears throat> bringing in the hospital version of hospice and start talking about when are we going to pull the plug to he's in rehab learning how to walk, that is a miracle of God. And there's no doubt about it. And I'm just proud that we had an opportunity to be there and minister, and that's it. And God showed up and did excellent. But God speaks to us that way, right? It is in a small, still voice that says, hey, you need to do that. Now, granddaddy told a story about when he was working, and I know y'all have heard it a hundred times, but it fits my sermon, and you can hear it a hundred and one. Granddaddy told a story about sitting on the uh, spillway at the farm with a backhoe pushing down a tree. And it was a rotten tree, Right? And he said, right before he touched it, the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. You're going to push it, and it's going to fall down on your head. And he said, he answered it in an audible voice and said, I'm not going to push it that hard. Of course, he's a mule. We knew that. He pushed it exactly that hard, and the tree rained down over his head. And he just yelled, Jesus, and it fell all around him, which was a miracle in itself. And sometimes God speaks to us in an audible voice. Sometimes... The people around us can't tell. Think of, think of Saul when he was walking down the road to Damascus, right? As he was walking down the road with this big group of people. They were going to kill, maim, and destroy some Christians and arrest them and lock them up and feed them to the lions and whatever other fun things they did with them. And as he was walking down the road, he said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And everybody else in the group heard a loud thunder crack. Nobody else heard the word of God speak. They heard a loud noise. They could not determine what took place. Now, this is controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. This 100% explains the Big Bang Theory. 100%. Because when there was a Big Bang, if you're not tuned into God's channel, all you heard was a thunderous clack that let there be light, and light was and is. But up until when God said, let there be light, there was nothing. The earth was without form. God said, let there be light, and it exploded into existence. So when God speaks to you, and this is important, when God speaks to you, he doesn't necessarily speak to your family. He doesn't necessarily speak to your spouse or your coworkers. So if and then you is in a situation and God says, hey, look, this is bad. You need to stop or it's an emergency or you need to leave or you need to you need to be one of them prophets to tell people what God said. Now, I'm going to tell you from experience, if you start off with the sentence God told me to tell you. Most people look at you kind of silly. They just do. I, I mean, it's, I understand. And I always say if God wanted me to know, he'd tell me. Granddaddy used to talk about living with grandmama was like living with a prophet. Because 
Sometimes God spoke to him, and sometimes he just told grandmama because he didn't have to worry about whether Stump heard it because then grandmama would tell him and then tell him again and then tell him again and then probably tell him again. But God uses multiple ways to speak to us. We, being the sheep, should know the shepherd's voice. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm not going to hurt your feelings, and if it's you, man, you smile and say amen and just keep nodding. And nobody knows it's you. If you are one of the people that say, God never talks to me, then you ain't listening. You have to, have to, have to. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you get up every morning and you go about your business and you do this and you do that and you run at 90 miles an hour and you watch your phone and TV and little kids and everything and the instant you put it down and you close your eyes and go back to sleep, if you were too busy, sometimes that mama, 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 you can't hear that. It's, it's, it's in the wrong tone. It's like that um, uh, my Uncle Charlie does all kinds of uh, music or used to anyway. He still does a little bit. And um, they had a, a little bird. And the little bird's name was Petrie, because that's what he sounded like, Petrie. And Charlie recorded this whole album, and it was wonderful, bluegrass. And, and he had this amazing uh, system to where he could re- record one track of the guitar and one track of the mandolin and one track of the piano and one track of the keyboard. And he sang harmony and he sang lead. And all of this stuff was all him. It sounded like a huge band, but it was all him. And he recorded it over and over and over, all the different things. But in the middle of those songs, he called me and asked me if I would come listening to it. In the middle of all of those songs is that bird saying Petrie over and over and over and over and over and over. But the pitch was outside of what Charlie could hear. And through the whole album of this stuff, the bird was saying Petrie, Petrie, Petrie. And it's just a little whistle over and over and over. But the pitch was outside of what he could hear. He couldn't hear that whatever that is, octave or whatever. I'm not smart enough to say what it is, but it was just too high pitched for him to hear it. And then he went back through the recordings and finally figured out the one that the bird was in and we took that out and he made it work. I mean, it worked out. But in the middle of this beautiful music was this little bird chirping over and over and over and over and over. And he couldn't hear it because of all the other stuff happening. Well, in our beautiful life that we have going on day in and day out and day in and day out and day in and day out, that little bird that's talking to us, it's really on the inside of us, it's really the Holy Spirit that's sent to minister to us, to remind us of God's Word, to lead us and to guide us. It's the power of God lives on the inside of us. And we get everything else so loud that that little chirp on the inside we can't hear. We push it down. We squelch it out. We hunt on the hunting club. We hunt on all kinds of different CB radios. And everybody wants the biggest and the baddest one and the loudest one with the most power. And you can, I can talk over everybody and I can, you know, my, at one point in time in my blue truck, I had a, a big system and it was so powerful that when I keyed my mic, it dimmed my headlights. That's how much power it was pulling out. In fact, one day we were standing in the, side, in the yard and I leaned up on the truck and it had been drizzling rain and daddy keyed the mic and started talking and it burnt a hole in the bottom of my hand where my hand was on the base, right? So we have all of these big, powerful things, right? And then we had these little bitty walkie-talkies. And the problem is, is when they get to talking, 
and big, powerful things you can hear. And then you got some little doofus, usually us, in the woods somewhere, yelling on that walkie-talkie trying to get some time. And they talk and talk and talk, and, and they're asking questions, and I have the answer to the questions of where the deer is or where the dogs are, and I'm trying to answer, and they keep talking back and forth. See, that's what our life looks like. The Holy Spirit sometimes going, uh um and you're ranting and raving to your friend about all these problems that you have and what do you need to do with it. And the Holy Spirit's like, ooh, um, okay, okay. And we don't give him a chance to talk. Sometimes in the hunting club, somebody will finally say, well, y'all stop talking for a second where so-and-so can talk, right? Just shh, quiet for just a second. And then you hear this little tiny CB radio come over. You barely can hear it. But that's what the Holy Spirit sounds like to us because we have to squelch up so loud and the, and, the, and the noise and the background noise up so loud and we're so busy and we have so much stuff going on and we have a job and we have kids and we have a spouse and we have all of the stuff that we have that the Word of God that lives on the inside of us is trying to... And then every once in a while, God calls a time out. Hey, you got to listen to me. I need you. I need you to do this. And you go... Well, you could have just told me. And he's like, I've been trying to tell you. You've not been listening. Okay. <clears throat> the other way God has taught to people. Some in the Old Testament, and, and I'm not sure about now, and I think in Revelations we're going to see some more, is by angels, right? Angels show up and talk to people. I mean, in the beginning of the New Testament, where you had a couple of really, I mean, we, we acted out every year in the little pageant where Gabriel shows up and tells them, you know, and we sing all the stuff, right? But God used angels, right? And if you read the book of Revelations, uh, when they start opening the seals and blowing the trumpets and doing this and doing that, I mean, you know, some of it's very figurative, some of it's pretty literal. God's going to use the angels to speak to us as well, right? Right? <clears throat> But the important part of what we're talking about, um, I want to flip the Romans. I, I tell y'all, I, I don't know that I can preach a, a sermon. I must not be very good because it all ends back in Romans um, it, every time. Um, but the important part of what we should know is, is that God wants to talk to us. He, he wants to communicate with us. I told y'all last week we were built to be in a relationship with him. So if you will, uh, Romans chapter 8, <clears throat> uh, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And is, the Spirit you receive does not make us slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about you an adoption to sonship. And by him we call, cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy. For the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And then if we are children, then we are heirs. And if we are heirs of God, we are co-heirs in Christ. And if indeed we share in his suffering so that we may also share in his glory. God adopted us into the family. Now, whether you birthed your children or adopted your children, think about it for just a second. Think about if you went through the, and I was hoping Brittany was going to be here today, but think about if you went through the headache and the heartburn and the agony to adopt a child, right? I mean, that's hard, right? It's hard to go through the adoption process. Well, let's say you went through all of that process and then you got the child and you're like, nah, I don't want to talk to them anymore. That's how a lot of Christians feel. 
Yeah, I get it. I'm a, I'm a child of God. Well, as a parent, do you want to communicate with your children? Yeah. You think God wants to communicate with us as children? I mean, because if, if he didn't really care about us, why would we be children? Why would he have sent his son to die for us? Why would he have done all of this stuff? Then to what? To not talk to us? To give us the silent treatment? I don't seem very good. I'm not good at the silent treatment. I mean, Crystal sometimes is pretty good at the silent treatment. I am the opposite of the silent treatment. If you make me mad, you do not make me quiet. <laughs> I tell you everything. I'll apologize in a minute, but for a few minutes, I'm going to tell you everything. Right, Vanna? Everything. But God didn't adopt us to have us as children to give us the silent treatment. He didn't go through the problems and the progress and the agony of Jesus dying on the cross and having to have us... A, a blameless um, sacrifice to atone us from our... He, he didn't go through all of that to go, all right, now y'all just chill. Uh, I want you to talk to me. I want you to pray to me. I want you to worship me. But I got nothing to say to you. Really? Anybody believe that? No, I didn't think so. So if you're not hearing from God, maybe you got your squelch up a little loud. Maybe you can't hear the pitch. You got to adjust the pitch. Maybe we're not still and quiet enough. Maybe we don't spend enough time in his word. But I promise you, just like that poor little walkie-talkie on the hunting club that's so loud, so low, nobody can hear it. God's right there. If you just stop talking for just a second, find a quiet spot. And, and, and you know, maybe, God, maybe you hadn't listened to God long enough that you don't even know what it sounds like anymore. But if you will, if you'll be diligent, and if you'll pray and say, look, all right, God, I, I messed up in the past. I, I'm not done so very good. I didn't listen so good. Oh, man, I missed that part. So there's one more little part of the sermon i got to get to real quick. So what's worse is, is I know people, or I have seen people, be in situations, and God tell them not to do something or what to do, and they absolutely ignore that and continue to do it anyway. Now, I liken that to how you tell little kids something is hot. You could tell little kids something is hot. And you can tell them and tell them and tell them. And they don't believe you until they put their finger to it. And then they will guarantee you that that is hot. There are a lot of times that I feel like we have listened to what God said and heard it. And said, I appreciate your opinion. But, right, that's what, I love it when. I love it, right? I appreciate your opinion, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then you realize it was hot. So if you haven't, if you, or if you, even if you've done that and you wouldn't listen to God, or if you've had situations where you hadn't heard God, I promise you if you will be diligent and you will go back to God in prayer and say, Lord, if I have missed you somehow or if I'm not listening to you, I want you to show me. I want, you to, I want to hear from you. I want to be led by the Spirit because that's what your word says. The Bible says that those that are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. So it says, I mean, it is in black and white. and It's literally in black and white. So if we're not hearing and we're not developing and we're not learning and we're not being ministered to and we're not growing, then there's a problem on your end, right? Last week when we talked about the vine and the branches and the vine is plugged into the branches, the branches receive right nutrients and water and life. When you're not plugged into the vine, they do not receive nutrients and water and life. 
So if we're not hearing from God, we need to make sure, number one, we are plugged into the vine, right? And that we are going to listen to the pitch of where God speaks. Now, it might sound like loud thunder to people around you. It might smell like a small, still voice. might be a donkey. might be a burning bush. might be an angel. I don't know. But God has us as children to have a relationship with us, to communicate with us. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this message. We thank you that you still want to communicate with us, Father, and have a relationship with us. And we just give you the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.